pretty much immediately. Yeah, what had a ton of candidates apply, which was amazing. I think in the first week alone, I had well over a hundred candidates apply uh, to join the talent network, which was exciting. But again, I'm like personally vetting these one by one. So it's, you know, okay, let's get this going. I had, you know, about half a dozen companies subscribe to the talent collective also very early on, including, yeah, like Meta, Visa, LinkedIn, which was amazing. Again, I, I wasn't expecting that sort of adoption at all. So it's been really exciting, really validating. I think for me, just, yeah, a very precious affirmation that, okay, this there is a need for something like this in the market and people do value it. I'm not surprised that candidates are finding value in it, but it's been really reassuring to see orgs, big and small, championing it as well. Hey everyone, and welcome to For the Love of Product, brought to you by the Product-Led Alliance. I'll be your host, Tiana Hanson-Drury, Chief Product Officer at Mina Technologies and all-around passionate product aficionado. Each episode, we'll be looking at the head and the heart behind product-led growth, the passion and the practice of product, and we'll be picking the brains of seasoned CPOs and heads of products, as well as visionary founders and investors getting their inside stories. Enjoy! And welcome to another episode of For the Love of Product. I am thrilled to have with me today, Amy Lima. And Amy is the founder of Diversified Design, which is a job board and talent network that curates and connects the best design roles with the most diverse designers in the industry. Amy's held lots of different roles in the past, including most recently product design at Pinterest. She is passionate about humanizing digital experiences through community, social expression, and definitely spends a lot of her time thinking about how to amplify marginalized voices. Beyond the digital products that she shipped, she's also an active member of the design community globally and is often found hosting panels, giving conference talks, and writing articles on her experience pivoting into the design space from the music industry as a minority in tech. Her design advocacy work is centered on championing early career and underrepresented folks, helping them break into the field and demystifying an often gatekept industry. Amy, it is my pleasure to welcome you. Where are you zooming in from? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. I am calling in from Brooklyn, New York this morning. Lovely. Well, how is Brooklyn today? Is it treating you well? Brooklyn is beautiful. It is hot, but we're not going to complain. Just super happy to be here and be able to chat today. <laughs> well, let's dive right in. So, uh, Amy, let's talk a little bit about your most recent project. Um, you have recently launched the Diversified Design Program, and I'd love to hear a bit of its origin story and what led you to do this on top of your full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's been a really organic um, organic journey or genesis, right? So I think the story of diversified design is in a lot of ways mirrored by my own story and journey into design. So a little bit about my background. I grew up the sole daughter of immigrant blue collar parents uh, in Newark, New Jersey. So I grew up hearing and observing stories of my parents being you know, underestimated, undermined, uh, you know, up against a lot of institutionalized barriers coming to this country as immigrants, um, you know, forging their own journeys, entrepreneurs, right? My my parents are small business owners. So I, you know, kind of grew up knowing that that's, you know, potentially what I would be up against. And it's it's hard to shake, you know, shake that identity. 
so grew it growing up, then I got, was used to quickly became used to always making a case for myself, right. Pitching myself to, you know, whatever, in whatever spaces I was in as to why I deserved to be there or like, you know, this is why I'm capable and just take a bet on me. And I, I promise I'll be able to deliver. Right. So a lot of that is what kept me from exploring the design industry. So previously I was working in the music industry, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I took the same approach there, but I've always been interested and passionate about design and technology. But quite frankly, I never, you know, saw anyone in those spaces that looked like me and that's intimidating and that's scary. It feel, you know, I always felt like, okay, surely there isn't, you know, a clear or accessible path forward then. Like, I wonder how people even break into this like super shiny, you know, behind pearly gates sort of, sort of field. But once I finally did, you know, I just, during the pandemic took a hard pivot, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen one way or another. I did it in a pretty, I like to say kind of radically authentic sort of way. Right. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to make some noise. I made my voice perspective presence heard. I started, you know, sharing about my journey, my background, my experiences, my work, you know, as publicly as I could just to, you know, even as a known for personal form of catharsis. And through that experience, I've become even more confident and sure that my background, right, like all the insecurities, I guess, that I had um, about it is actually my greatest asset and what I bring, you know, to these orgs, to these teams. And that's even been feedback that I've received from them, which has been super validating. So now I'm at a point where I just want to help others realize their same potential and celebrate that however I can champion that and help, you know, bridge the gap between uh, where they are and where they want to be. So that's how diversified design came to be, to be able to champion these underrepresented voices in tech and particularly design and match them with product design opportunities in orgs that uh, celebrate that as well. I love it. So when you started to think about founding this, um, I'm assuming that you tried to find services that kind of met this purpose and you were unable to, to do that. Um, but is that is that a, a, a correct assumption or tell me about the, the pain you were trying to solve there? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it was just, like, I, I was doing this just manually anyways. Right. So, you know, I'm very involved in online design communities. Um, right. Like I pivoted into design during the brink of the pandemic. So everything was virtual. So I got very involved, made some of my best friends through that. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, try to be an active presence in that space. So I would have a lot of folks, friends, and, you know, just acquaintances in these communities reaching out to me, you know, asking for help or advice, or I knew that so many folks would be on the job hunt. And especially once I, you know, started working full-time, in other words, I didn't have the capacity or was no longer on the market for other opportunities. And then I, I at the same time, would still have companies, you know, from startups to uh, established orgs reaching out to me, trying to fill in positions. So I was like, okay, that can't be me, but I know tons of folks who, you know, would be a great asset to your team. Let me make an introduction however I can. So I would spend at least like an hour or two a week uh, making those personal one-on-one -on -one introductions myself which, you know, happy to do it. Uh, but, you know, it takes it takes time of your day. And sometimes I would forget or, you know, it would take a few days for me be, to be able to connect the two. And, okay, I was always thinking, how can I make this sustainable or scalable or just 
more impactful, right? Like I didn't want my own shortcomings or, you know, I'm a human to, to prevent me from being able to help out in that way. So that's when I really started thinking like, okay, maybe there's a streamlined way uh, for me to be able to, to um, accomplish what, what I'm trying to do here to do this in a better, better way. And so the, the program that you've built, uh, tell a perspective, either, I guess it would be either a job, um, holder. So someone who's hiring or a prospective talent, like how would they use your service or how would they use the platform? Yeah. So diversify design is hosted on a third party platform called palette, um, which does exactly this, right? So it's a two-sided marketplace. You have job seekers or candidates who can, either browse your open job board. So anyone who lands on your pallet board uh, can see the jobs that are posted there, can apply straight away. You don't need to be a member or sign up or be formally part of uh, that person's talent collective, it's called. If you do choose to be part of the talent collective as a candidate, you simply apply um, with your details. Like in in my case, I ask that you include a a design portfolio, for example, and I review all of those personally. So the idea is that the talent collective, as well as the job board, is uh, personally curated by a community leader, which I guess that's me now. I guess I'm a community leader, apparently. So um, so it's basically already vetted. Consider it like a warm introduction, right? So once you're formally part of the talent collective as a candidate, the benefit there is that companies can directly request intros. So in addition to you being able to, on your own, seek out the jobs, apply to the jobs that are on the job board, you may also be directly contacted by companies that subscribe to the talent collective. So on the company side, you can either post a job to the open job board or subscribe to the collective to have direct access to those candidates. Um, And again, those are curated as well. So I personally vet and approve every organization that's subscribing to the collective, I ask them to express their diversity initiatives. Um, You know, I make clear like, hey, this is a space for predominantly people of color from all over the world, diverse backgrounds. That's the point. Like, you know, what what intentions do you have? Like, is this something that you actively are trying to, um, yeah, uh, celebrate on your teams? And they have to answer that. The answers are public. And then from there, the idea is that folks would get connected and eventually, uh, yeah, get hired through through that that mechanism at scale, which is hugely valuable. Well, and I mean, you you only launched this, you know, very recently, and yet you go in and you look at the jobs that are there, and you see some. I mean, you see some really cool like startups, but you also see some really big names, right? I'm going through it now. You've got Spotify, you've got Visa, you've got Logitech, like. Uh, what's been the adoption of the the service? Has it surprised you? Has it met your expectations? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's been very humbling, very, um, yeah, very exciting, but tr- truly shocking to me. I, I can't say that I expected at all to see the, you know, excitement and early adoption of this product like I have so far. So I'll be honest that I I almost didn't even launch this, right? So I think, so yeah, a little bit more background on how I even, you know, came to discover Palette and, you know, decided to to move forward with them as a partner in the first place is I saw other folks in my network. So 
design leaders, you know, proper community leaders that have a, a, a solid following. So they either have their own products and services, their educators, their YouTubers, their content creators, or otherwise. Um, you know, they have tens of thousands of followers across socials. They've, you know, been doing this for a long time. I saw the role, initial rollout, them, you know, launching uh, their own initiatives using Palette um, and other leaders across tech, right? So made sense to see, you know, that kick off, you know, very successfully for them. And I absolutely didn't expect, you know, any sort of serious traction, you know, when I would do it, I, you know, had very modest expectations, like, okay, this will take a long time to, you know, get off the ground, it's going to be a lot of legwork, grunt work, and, you know, slow and steady, we'll see where it goes. And pretty much immediately, yeah, what had a ton of candidates apply, which was amazing. I think in the first week alone, I had well over a hundred candidates apply uh, to join the talent network, which was exciting. But again, I'm like personally vetting these one by one. So it's, you know, okay, let's get this going. I had, you know, about half a dozen companies subscribe to the talent collective also very early on, including, yeah, like Meta, Visa, LinkedIn, which was amazing. Again, I, I wasn't expecting that sort of adoption at all. So it's been really exciting, really validating. I think for me, just, yeah, a very precious affirmation that, okay, this, there is a need for something like this in the market and people do value it. I'm not surprised that candidates are finding value in it, but it's been really reassuring to see orgs big and small championing it as well. It's fantastic. So uh, do you have plans to continue to build on the concept? Uh, you know, like, is it just you as a one woman show here? Like, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you're thinking the future looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's absolutely just me, like steering the ship. So I have a lot of work ahead of me. I think, you know, initially, definitely going to see it through within, you know, the confines of, of palette and what it's designed to do and what it does well. So kind of, you know, connecting job seekers with job opportunities and seeing that through. And again, the niche here really is, you know, my background now, which is digital product design, but from, you know, hearing early feedback from both candidates and companies, you know, uh, design org leaders, it's clear that there's a lot of room for this to grow and expand, right? Like I've had folks reach out to me from other design disciplines, interior design, for example. It's like, oh, would you consider opening the aperture to other design verticals? And I was like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I could totally see a space for that. Something I didn't even think about, right? But that's quite interesting. I had um, a, a neurodivergent designer uh, reach out to me explaining like, Hey, this is super cool, but is there any, you know, mechanism in place for neurodivergent designers to be able to apply, uh, you know, to this talent network without a portfolio, for example, like that isn't always something that, that we have. It's really challenging for us. I'm like, wow, like, absolutely. Of course, that's something I've thought about, but you know, that would require a whole other, you know, infrastructure potentially and something much bigger with that, you know, expanding the kind of umbrella, that, that this product serves, maybe one day it makes sense for it to become a full-fledged community product, right? And, you know, I'm super passionate about that, Con connecting folks with each other. I would love to have the candidates in the network be able to meet each other, learn from each other, have that sort of, you know, safe space. So I can definitely see it going in all of those directions with time. But for now, want to really 
try to drive its core value prop, right? What I'm promising or hoping to deliver is, uh, yeah, connecting job seekers with job opportunities that hopefully convert and land people their dream jobs. It's a a fantastic thing that you've done. And I'm excited, I think, uh, to watch you continue to develop the program and all the people who will benefit from it. Um, It would be lovely to maybe take a step back and, you know, talk a little bit about the steps you had to take to get to this place where you felt comfortable enough to launch your own initiative. It's certainly not something that I think everybody feels is approachable. Um, And yet I can tell from the way that you spoke and one of the things that's important to you is to make sure that people understand they actually can access different things that maybe they would hold themselves back from or that um, have been structurally held back for them. So maybe you can tell us a bit more about, you know, that evolution and the steps you took to, to get to a place where you hit launch, right? Even if it sounds like you were kind of uh, questioning it up until the, the last minute there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, ah, God, it's, it, you know, it, it's a long journey, right? To like, even be able to like, get to that, get to that stage, that point where you have the, the gall, just the nerve to like, be able to do it right. Kind of like step off the ledge. So I think at its, at its core, at its most fundamental, a lot of it involved just tackling imposter syndrome in my own career journey. Just even thinking about, you know, my own career pivot, right? So what is what did stepping into design look like, feel like, and mean for me? So I was coming from the music industry. So I dabbled across the, across the spectrum in the industry, but really found my groove in live event production and management. So what I loved about that was bringing people together, connecting them with each other and the experiences that they loved, right? Being, you know, the art, the artist, the, you know, imaginative live experiences that to me felt like magic, but the music industry itself wasn't a puzzle piece that fit very well to me. Like I didn't feel fully realized in that world. And I mentioned that, yeah, I always felt more connected to tech and to design. I mean, just even fundamentally, like I was always an early adopter of, you know, new products and, you know, growing up at the, at the cusp of, you know, kind of like the digital revolution, right? Like I remember life pre-social media, but I was kind of in like the perfect age group to, you know, kind of step right into that at its genesis, at its most like primitive and exciting and exploratory. So I was always enthralled by that world. And I think a lot of the intimidation that came with even, you know, secretly like in quiet and private uh, dreaming about, you know, one day stepping into that field is because it just felt so bold, you know, like, oh, like, uh, like you, like you deserve to have a spot in like, you know, these, these companies, these technologies that are, are changing the world, you know, like it almost felt arrogant to, to want to be part of that. And I was just so interested in it. And even like the tiny little details for me, it was really once I even had the courage to start researching designs, like, okay, like, what does this even mean? What is a product designer? What is this discipline? What goes into it? And it was this light bulb moment for me where I was like, this is how my brain naturally works. Like, this is what I've been doing my whole life. This is how I think about problems, products. This is how I interact with the world. But it almost felt like, man, like, why me? Like, could it really be someone like me that could be, have a hand in influencing and shaping that culture? And I say, you know, I use the word arrogant because I really felt like I could very deep down inside. I was like, man, like I have, I have some opinions here, like, you know, and I would just toss them in the bin. I was like, oh, but surely they're, they're garbage. And, you know, it's just me being 
you know, ambitious, but I, you know, had that really, really deep down in secret feeling that I think I could bring something to this field, right? Like, I think, I think I could bring some value here, but it took a long time to even get to step zero of like exploring that and even like dipping my toes into the waters and seeing, you know, what that could, what that could look like. So that was step one is just even getting over like the mental and, you know, structural certainly hurdles of, you know, just exploring that field in the first place. And it was a really grassroots effort. I, you know, applied for a scholarship for an online boot camp during the pandemic to learn design. So it was really like self-initiated. A lot of it was self-learning, you know, it was a structured curriculum, but it was all virtual. So that was, you know, a tremendous uh, learning curve as well. And again, through that journey, I think for my own catharsis or like self-defense mechanisms, I just kind of documented that out loud uh, for myself, you know, not to amass any sort of following, not for any sort of clout or anything like that. But I think I needed to just say it out loud for me to feel the confidence and security of being there and taking up space. Like, okay, Hey, I'm doing this. Like I'm going full speed. And this, this is why. So in sharing that vulnerable story, you know, emotionally exposing myself inadvertently, I ended up creating or or seeing um, a bit of a community form around that specifically in my background as a first generation immigrant, right? This kind of intersectional identity. I'm neither here nor there, both in my culture, but also kind of in my career, right? Non-traditional, all of these, these overlapping identities that I was seeing and other people identified with that as well. And that was really reassuring. Like, oh, there are other folks out there who have this lived experience. And that was, that resonated with me because I never grew up with that. I never grew up with a network or community of, anyone in this space. I never knew anyone who transitioned to tech, certainly not in my family. I was the first one to even go to university, right? My, you know, growing up teaching my parents how to use email and very primitive software that they still struggle with. It's, you know, pretty surreal in that way. So through that journey, you know, and again, since I was always kind of very observant of, you know, nascent technologies, products, you know, emerging tech anyways, I, you know, observed the initial launch of Palette, like an interesting project uh, product in the community space, which really interests me, you know, bridging the gap and connecting people with each other and kind of took note of how the initial rollout was uh, was looking, the different folks behind it, people who were adopting it, what those uh, metrics and, you know, approaches looked like. And again, they didn't really uh, seem to be anything that I could necessarily re- emulate in the same way, because these are folks with, you know, tens of thousands of followers, like established community leaders in their own verticals across tech, not just design. These were the initial folks that, uh, you know, uh, launched their palette boards. And you had to apply to launch a palette board, by the way. There was a wait list. You had to submit a form to get early access to be able to use this product. So even there, again, like, you know, talk about imposter syndrome. Imagine me, uh, you know, someone who's just stepping in loudly and proudly. It's like, yeah, let me just just, you know, put my name on this list, throw my name in a hat and see what happens. Like, I think I can do this. I don't know how I'll figure that out when I cross that bridge. But for now, let me at least just see if it's even possible, if it's even feasible. They'll give me the time of day. And they did. And me launching most of it honestly came to just taking a leap of faith in that way. I mean, I was absolutely intentional. I took hours, you know, setting it up and 
thinking through, you know, how I would announce it, how I would launch it, all these things, which again was almost quietly embarrassing to me. Cause I'm like, man, just even using the word launch, like I'm not even like a public persona in my opinion, you know, like I don't have this sort of, you know, following or, or presence in my opinion. And here I am talking about an announcement and a big launch and big reveal, but you know, I kind of just put, you know, th- toss the ego in the bin, like, okay, let's just put it out there, see what happens, see if it sticks, if it ends up being a flop, at least I will have tried, right? And I wanted to try because I believe in the mission. Uh, you know, it, it, it comes from a very authentic place. First and foremost, I wanted to do this for the community, also just for myself to be able to be an asset to folks. And yeah, I think when you lead with that, with those genuine intentions, it's a lot easier to kind of take that leap of faith, right? Because it's coming from from a place of authenticity rather than, you know, a, a, any superficial gain that you might be might be chasing, which is a lot less sustainable. So that's kind of what that what that looked like. I I have to ask because going back to you know thinking of you helping your parents get their email set up and understand how to use that. What do they think about their daughter? launching this tech platform, dual-sided marketplace that, you know, matches people all around the world with companies all around the world. Like, you know, I'm sure they're obviously incredibly proud of you, but, you know, have they asked you a lot of questions about it? What do they think about it? It's very, that's a very good question. I think, you know, just even taking one step back from that, do my parents even totally understand what I do, period, in my day job? Not entirely, you know, and it's, and it's very sweet. I mean, and that's like a whole, a whole other thing, right? When I mean like, yeah, no, I kind of forged this path on my own. I mean, I'm very lucky that my parents support me no matter what, but it's very sweet. It's kind of like, oh, that's nice, honey. We're so happy for you. I mean, it could be, I could be doing rocket science. I could be doing graphic design. Like they very wholesomely like wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Like it's just so out of their realm of understanding So, you know, I keep them in the loop. I, you know, share, you know, the things I'm doing, you know, conversations, public announcements like this initiatives, and they're, you know, they're super proud and supportive and celebrated and congratulated. It's super cute. My mom baked me a little cake recently, like just congratulating me for all the things going on, but they don't really know all the things that are going on, but that's kind of nice too. You know, I think it's, Again, like it, it just reinforces how there's like absolutely no ego in any of this because like I'm I'm really doing it on my own accord because I love it because I'm energized and empowered by it and not any other, I guess, motivating uh, forces or, you know, any sort of like pressure or influence in that way. But they are certainly super proud. And for me, it feels like, I mean, it's, it's a miracle, right? I mean, my parents came to this country, they couldn't even speak the language, right? Like they, God, were scra- scraping by with, you know, pennies in their pockets and, you know, how just even the power of one generation, how much can change. I mean, I think of that literally every single day, every single morning, it's not lost on me, just how incredible that is. And that's not me tooting my own horn or anything. It's just how incredible things can evolve um, and 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 get better in a short amount of time. So yeah, they're certainly proud of that as well. Uh, rightly so, 
rightly so. Um, so, you know, what are the, as you think back on this kind of crazy last few years of, you know, moving from the music industry, going into learning how to do, you know, digital design and product design, going into that, landing some pretty great jobs in design. I mean, you've worked for some really cool companies, uh, you know, then making the decision you're going to build up and, you know, kind of create this community asset um, for the world. What do you, what lessons have you learned? You know, what, or what advice would you give to someone else who thinks maybe I I'm inspired this by this, I, I might want to do something similar. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty surreal. And to your point, just the, the accelerated nature of it all, like just the, the time frame in which this has all happened. I think the biggest takeaways that I've learned so far that have, you know, kind of helped manifest this moment. Um, firstly, that community is really everything, right? So I credit that so much to me, just even being able to make it to step one, right? So the design community is so empowering and so supportive. I mean, I credit so much of my early success, if you even call it that, to mentors and peers, folks that, you know, met me where I was and, you know, had conversations with me when I was doubting myself or in the trenches, you know, from learning the fundamentals of design to navigating the job search and what that even means, like learning everything in real time as I'm trying to achieve it at the same time and excel in it. So just being able to have that network form again, out of nothing organically, like I didn't know anyone stepping into this field. So for me, the power of that and certainly that had played a big role in launching Diversify Design as well, because I at least felt safe in that. So even if it was a flop, you know, even if it was ooh, embarrassing, this didn't, this didn't work, that's okay. I knew that friends and mentors would still be proud of me and still support me and still be able to meet me there. And that's, I mean, that makes the world of a difference. And similarly, then if I can have a hand in influencing or shaping the community in any way. So, you know, with the Diversify Design, for example, creating a community of, you know, diverse designers from across the world. I mean, that's that's amazing. And there's so much power in that sort of community and network. So for me, that's first and foremost. Very adjacently to that is taking up space. So very early advice I got early on from one of my mentors was let people know you exist. And that it seems so simple, right? But like, for me, it was like revolutionary. It's like, oh, like put your work out there, share your perspective. It's valid. It's interesting. Like you never know what'll come of it. Right. And, you know, I think just even taking that advice, like slowly baby steps and then, you know, doing it more intentionally has had a huge influence in you know, the op me, the opportunities I've, you know, found myself in the community. Again, I've been able to, to foster and connections I've been able to make celebrating yourself, just even personally feeling validated and confident that, okay, I deserve to be here. You know, uh, my, my perspectives and opinions are valid. I think that was a huge, uh, huge determining factor as well. And in the same vein, diverse perspectives matter, right? So the same thing that kind of held me back for so long, like, man, you know, who do I think I am stepping into a field like this? Like, I don't, I don't know anything really, you know, I don't have this background or this lived experience. I, I have no touch points with this actual industry or world. And here I am trying to like, you know, make myself known in this space, have an influence in it, you know, through actual product design, like, 
yes, actually, and you should. And it's not only important that you do, it's vital, it's critical that you have diverse voices and perspectives uh, shaping these products and this industry. I mean, it's desperately, desperately needed and will have a huge influence and impact in where we go from here as tech continues to evolve at the, the rate and scale that it is. So I think all of those constantly playing through my head every day. And that's how these ideas kind of organically take shape, you know, and, and are inspired. It's fantastic advice. And I think that it will be uh, uh, received well by our audience. So thank you for sharing your learnings with them. Thank you. So we are at that point in the show uh, that is my personal favorite, which is asking you about if there was a museum in the world dedicated to the most important product, what do you think should go in that museum and why? Yeah, what a question. So yeah, I thought a lot about this one. I think there are some like table stakes products, right? So like, all right, penicillin, thank you for that. Like the personal computer, internet, yes. Like very obviously, right? Printing press, thanks for being here. Like those like table stakes uh, products that like just greatly, uh, you know, transformed civilizations. Um, but I, yeah, think about just the the products that I think, in my opinion, um, have shaped the early evolution of tech so much in the 21st century. And I think we'll have the greatest impact moving forward just as it continues to evolve. Right. So for me, that would be the mobile operating system. Right. So specifically um, video uh, technology. So, I mean, it's most nascent Skype to, you know, just think of FaceTime and this one's a bit personal to me. Right. So I think being able to connect folks across borders in an easy seamless way has been so transformational. I mean, again, just my own personal experience growing up. I mean, it used to cost hundreds of dollars to even like phone call your family back, you know, back in Brazil. And, you know, it was so much space and distance between your loved ones and, you know, emergencies and important moments that you missed or weren't part of in, in any sort of impactful way. And just the fact that like we have that now at our fingertips, at our disposal um, is incredible. Like I got to, you know, FaceTime my cousin at her wedding in Brazil during the pandemic, which, you know, still being part of that moment in that way, like was amazing. Me and my parents still dressed up. It, It was really special and precious. And like, I was thankful that we had the ability to do that. And that's incredible. Like every single time I do that, it's not lost on me how unbelievable that is. Um, Similar in the, the same vein, I think having making that kind of virtual connection feel so accessible, like it's kind of become expected behavior, right? Sort of table stakes. Like we expect that, like we expect to have access to people in that way. You know, think the creator economy, like it's opened the, the doors for that. Like I think there are a lot of potential negative implications of it as well. And I think we'll we'll only continue to see that sort of video technology influence new. Uh, new products and new tech as we move forward. So I think of that just psychologically, um, what that does to us and and what that means. So super important and impactful. That's definitely top of the list. I think uh, health tech and specifically wearables is super fascinating and, you know, kind of like an underrated technology that is revolutionary, right? So just the empowerment of, you know, allowing people to be more informed and be in control of their health, right? The 
the feat of engineering and design that comes with creating beautiful and tangible hardware paired with software, right? And putting that in in people's fingertips. I mean, that's incredible. Like that's something that's, you wouldn't even imagine even uh, 20 years ago that something like that would be possible. And I think the potential of that is amazing. Similarly, cautiously, um, you know, it's all, and for me, this is what design is, right? Which is, you know, everything has to be like, okay, like think of, think critically about the things you even celebrate and are excited about because infused in the wrong or irresponsible hands, it can have really gnarly implications, right? So, you know, the your health data being pot- potentially manipulated, irresponsibly designed, or, you know, maybe used against you, depending on, you know, what type of companies or orgs have access to it. That's something I think about as well, and I think is super important. So watching it closely moving forward, I'm like very optimistic and excited, but also equally cautious and nervous as to like how that will continue to evolve. And I hope it'll be responsibly. And of course, um, artificial intelligence, which again has got like shaped our world in more ways than people can, you know, anyone can even realize. Like you probably don't know that most of the products and just the world that you interact with is so greatly shaped and influenced by this. So massive scientific breakthrough. I think it's absolutely incredible, faster discoveries and jumps forward in our understanding of, you know, data, our personal health and, you know, uh, all all these incredible things. And again, uh, you have biased algorithms, you have, you know, dangerous machine learning models that, you know, can be used for precarious uh, reasons and intentions. So again, I think the two go, go hand in hand, like incredibly powerful force of potential good or not so good. And that's precisely why I think it's so important, particularly for diverse voices to be, uh, have an active hand in shaping these technologies to be able to voice these concerns, uh, you know, be an advocate for, you know, uh, the, the folks most vulnerable to, to these kinds of technologies being yielded for not so wholesome reasons. Um, so that we we progress in in a net positive way for for humanity. So that's it all comes full circle. It really does. I was you took the words out of my mouth. So it's a wonderful place to end. Amy, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and telling us a bit about this amazing contribution you've made to the world uh, for anyone who's interested uh, on how to get involved. Do you want to share the website so that they know where to go? Yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage anyone uh, who's interested in getting involved to either reach out to me directly, um, or head to diversifiedesign.palette.com. Um, and that's where you'll be able to join the network either as a candidate, as a company, um, also, you're, you know, even if you're not a candidate formally, you can browse jobs on the job board through that link. So, yeah, would love to get as many diverse perspectives involved as possible. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the PLA listeners and for the love of product listeners showing up and getting more companies and more job uh, candidates on your uh, very, very um, well-designed and well-intentioned solution. So thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for all all the support and help amplifying this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. 
Be sure to share the word of product-led growth far and wide and let your colleagues, friends, family, neighbors, and anyone you think who would like to know that there's a kick-ass product podcast on offer from the Product-Led Alliance. If you haven't already, don't forget to sign up to the Slack community and check out all our other great content, upcoming events, and other ways to get involved at productledalliance.com. And let's come back again next time to talk more about the head, the heart of product.